it's inauguration day, we're talking about the best moments and the best memes. Donald Trump's final round of pardons included rapper Lil Wayne. And we're joined by NPR's Sam Sanders to discuss the return of culture to the White House. It's January 20th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Safford. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Casey, how are, how are we feeling? Where are we? What's on your soul after this, you know, momentous morning? <laughs> oh man, you know what? Well, I'm tired now, you right. know, on the West Coast. We got to wake up early if we want to see anything fun. I don't know. It was just, it, it, it was exciting to like have something to look forward to watching, you know? It was exciting to like, sigh, you know, like let go of the stress from your shoulders, like knowing full well that this is, you know, it's still our U.S. government that has a lot of work to do, but like taking the moment to be joyful. And also, I just want to talk about how good was everyone dressed? Fashions. People came prepared. Hair was done. Coats were a moment. Since they were yesterday. all in jewel tones. Yes. All, it's, it feels like everyone communicated and was like jewel tones. They're in and they look great. Yeah, I just really, and we could go on and on about fashions, but I must point out that Mina Harris, who's the niece of uh, Vice President Harris, uh, her husband was there with her two kids and he was wearing <laughs> yep. Christian Dior Nike shoes that are going viral. And it just really, the drip has has re-arrived to the White House and we are very And the happy. daughters were like in, in like, you know, faux leopard print, cute little fashion little girl like outfits and stuff i was like this is it i love this Yep, we love the fashions love the fashions (laughs) (laughs) okay so speaking of the inaugurations let's start with this so we are already seeing memes proliferate on the internet when it comes to newly elected president biden's inauguration first there are so many comments about the almost comically massive bible biden used to be sworn in i mean people are joking about how it looks like the cheesecake factory menu which yes accurate so that particular bible has been with the biden family since 1893 and according to the president it has quote every important date in the biden's family history and next you know we'll talk about jlo's performance a bit later but the internet has already latched onto the fact that she's made white supremacists cry because she had the audacity to speak spanish in her performance and of course we'd be remiss if we didn't mention all of the we did it joe kamala memes now that kamala and joe have finally been sworn in it's we'll never get old i will always say we did it joe and i it took everything i had not to tweet it i let twitter do it i let the Harris family do it and i just took a back seat of this joyful moment. <laughs> but I do have to point out that, and we are going to talk about JLo's performance later, but the moment in which she interwove Let's Get Loud into her set, referencing her uh-huh. famous Get Loud song, what a marketer. What a moment. Like, we really, what I think is so happening here is that the girls are acting up. We're like, we're back. We're in the White House. We're going to really show up and show out. And it was fun. It was joyful. It was joy was an underlying current happening on stage all day. It was, it was so funny. I saw a tweet of someone's cat who was sleeping during the inauguration. And then as soon as JLo said that, like, you know, mm-hmm. shouted it, the cat woke up and was startled. And it's like, yes, we are all awake now. We are here. We are here. It is morning. Good morning, America. All right, moving on. This is hopefully the very last time we will talk about Donald Trump. So in his final hours as president, he pardoned a few people you might have heard of. This includes rapper Lil Wayne, who was charged with illegal possession of a handgun. He was facing up to 10 years in prison, and since he pled guilty last month, he was due to be sentenced on January 28th. One person who wasn't on that list... Tiger King's Joe Exotic. You might have seen photos circulating yesterday of the limo that was stuck in a parking lot while he waited for the pardon that never came. 
wait, was Joe Exotic waiting in a parking lot? Isn't he in prison? Or someone from his team was waiting or something? Yeah, so he had staff, I guess, people <laughs> waiting for him. But we must not forget that when this documentary, docu-series on Netflix came out at the beginning of the pandemic, Donald Trump Jr. personally went to his father and asked him to pardon Joe Exotic. <laughs> so this is not like something that the internet only was running with. Like, it was right, coming right. from inside the house. Like, we thought this was going to happen, and it didn't happen. Joe Exotic had all the right to be excited and to expect, but nope, little Wayne got Ooh, it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. What a day. <laughs> it is, really. I think what we... It will be interesting of how we will see this type of pop culture weave in and out of the White House. But if we can look back to the Obama era, I do not foresee more Joe Exotics being huge figures within the White House under Biden. <laughs> yep, yep. If we can make an educated guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes, like you said, today we are moving on from Donald Trump. You know, today was a lovely, hopeful day. We're taping this in the afternoon shortly after the inaugural ceremony. And, you know, I'm feeling pretty hopeful, hopeful that now I can disagree with a sane administration instead of whatever the Trump administration was, you know. But I mean, we do have a lot to look forward to. COVID-19 leadership from the Oval Office, the return of civility to the White House, the first black South Asian and female vice president. I mean, my God, the, the list is endless. It's, what what are you feeling, Zach? So much. I mean, I also now, have, we both have representation in the White House now in terms of our identities. <laughs> it's wild. It's a really, really wild time. And, you know, I'm just so, so excited, though, for actual culture to return to the White House. The images we've seen from the prior administration over the past four years involve the likes of Ted Nugent, Kim and Kanye, MAGA hats, and the very unfortunate McDonald's reception, and of course, Joe Exotic. Which is no shade. We're not too good for McDonald's or Joe Exotic. I did watch the film or the, or the series, but that's just not what we expect from the White House. But we've already gotten a taste of what we can expect from the Biden-Harris administration based on this morning's immaculate ceremony led by the one and only Senator Amy Klobuchar, we must note. So joining us today to talk about it and look ahead to what else we can look forward to is Sam Sanders. He's the host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, a radio show and podcast. Hi, Sam. Hello, my dear friend hiding in Texas. <laughs> yes, hiding in Texas, although I'll be back in L.A. soon. So we will uh, at some point drink six feet apart together. I, I, I look forward to that. I look forward to that. I, yes, I prefer yeah. you six feet away from me typically. So this is good. This is, this is quite good. So anyway, 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 it's so good. Thank you for being here. And you know, you have been top of mind for me this week in this conversation because you are a person that's covered the White House for a long time. And you also are a cultural juggernaut and one of my favorite people to talk about culture. So before we get going into kind of some cultural pieces of today, how are you feeling after watching that little morning show we just had? You know, it was, well, for one, I don't know why I thought it was starting like an hour later. And then I realized <laughs> that I was not watching when I should have been watching. So I had to queue it up on my phone for a bit and watch it live. But mm. it was overall an event that was jarring in its normalcy. Mm. Yeah. We have not seen Washington, D.C. be quote unquote normal for a few years now. And I remember watching Biden's speech this morning and I got a little bored. And I slacked my team and said, he's boring me. And they wrote back and said, that's good. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Yes. Okay. I had that moment where I was like, I'm falling asleep and this is amazing. What is going yes. on? What's happening? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, it was just incredible to see us be able to do this as a country after all that the last year brought us, you know, for a few seconds and a few flashes of today's events, you could have forgotten that there was a pandemic and you could have forgotten that there was an insurrection at the Capitol 
two weeks ago. It was pretty impressive. It was yeah. pretty impressive in its normalcy. <laughs> it was like what you said, being like, quote unquote, normal, because I mean, just comparing who we've seen performing at today's event, Jennifer Lopez, Lady Gaga, compared to the performers we saw or didn't see just four years ago, it says a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it also speaks to this like really change of culture for the White House in D.C. and the country under a Biden administration. Like, could you have ever imagined J.Lo and Gaga doing anything with Donald Trump? And bright stars throw the perilous fight for the ramparts we want. It just wouldn't happen. And so... I don't think we're going to hearken back to the Obama days where it seemed as if Hollywood held the Obamas in full embrace. But I think we're going to have four more years of star power in and around the White House. Yeah. And it also, you know, it wasn't just like, oh, let's pick Gaga just because, you know, she's a great pop star. It was like, you know, Biden and Gaga have partnered in the past to bring awareness to the prevalence of college rape. So it's just like they're picking and choosing and like, you know, having thought behind these choices is wild to see. Exactly. Exactly. It's also great to see what Grandpa Joe Biden's tastes are. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just imagining like Joe Biden watching, you know, a Gaga movie or like singing along to Shallow. It's like, oh, that's cute. You know, he thought he's Bradley Cooper sitting there. He was being serenaded by her in this. That's what he was thinking. <laughs> um, so, Sam, what did you think about the JLo performance? Because, you know, I love that she was speaking Spanish, but why was she there? How did JLo have such a moment this year? Because I'm confused. I'm convinced that about a year and a half or two years ago, around the time of Hustlers, JLo just got a new PR team and said, let's kick it into overdrive. And they have been looking for, like, she's having a renaissance in the way that, like, Keanu Reeves had for a while, you know? And I blame it on the PR team, and they're doing good work, so uh, kudos to y'all. But yeah, I don't think anyone was expecting the vocals of Jennifer Lopez to bring in a new presidency. Yet here we are. Uh, The auto-tune worked. (laughs) I was surprised by the Let's Get Loud reference. (laughs) Truly a moment. But we actually love to see it. I think, Zach, how did you like it? I mean, I love that she shows that, like, no matter what, if you put your mind to anything, you can do it. (laughs) And I think that's what she does with singing, with dancing, with being famous. And I appreciate that. I think that is the American story, is that talent or not, you can't overcome, is what I think. (laughs) J-Lo auto-tune singing at the inauguration is the full embodiment of the American dream. Yes, now I, I cannot speak to that all-white outfit. I mean, it's January, but, you know, do what you want. Live, live, girl, live, girl. Yeah, All right, so yes. I'm going to bring up another person that I think surprised a lot of people but shouldn't, and it was singer Garth Brooks who sang Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a You know, Biden uh, called for unity in his address, and Garth Brooks is kind of already being pointed to as a moment of him trying to make unity through a country music singer. And fun fact, Garth Brooks has performed at every inauguration besides Reagan and uh, Trump since Carter. So he's kind of a mainstay here. Wait, really? Yes, fun How fact. How did I not know that? I know. Okay. It's a, it's I didn't know thing. it either. Zach just <laughs> dropped that on me. This <laughs> a drop of knowledge. A little piece of knowledge. Yeah. But, so Sam, what, but what do you think about that? Because I think Garth Brooks, even though he's been present before, does mean something different today for Americans. I don't think it was a bold choice. If you really wanted to bring in a country musician to unite the left and right, 
the obvious choice was Toby Keith. Like that's the obvious yeah. choice. And I think about him a lot because he and his music kind of began to symbolize the shift of a lot of white America after the Twin Towers fell. And if there'd be anybody to bridge those gaps, I think it would be him. So I don't know, maybe next time Toby Keith gets an invite, but yeah, Garth Brooks is fine. Um, I like Garth Brooks. We all like Garth Brooks. It would have been even cooler and more 2020-21-esque had he come as his alter ego, Chris Gaines, which had a brief moment of fame in the 90s. But alas... Uh, missed opportunity. Chris Gaines showing yeah. up yeah. would have taken. Su- that's <laughs> like that, that's similar to J Lo putting "Let's Get Loud" in her song. <laughs> yes, Chris Gaines coming. Exactly. Same exactly. thing. Same thing. Well, you know, yeah. I think something that we all are agreeing on so far today is that the real moment was with Amanda Gorman, the youngest inaugural poet ever, in her reading of "The Hill We Climb." So, what did you think of that moment, and why do you think we as America are so encaptured by this right now? I think it really represents the cultural shift that we might see under the Biden administration. When I was thinking ahead of this interview about the difference in Trump White House culture from Biden White House culture or even perhaps Obama White House culture, it's not that culture was missing under Trump. It's that curiosity was missing. So Trump had a very distinct culture, but it seemed to be stuck in 1980s Manhattan. He liked the same stuff he liked then. He liked the same old songs. He's been playing the same songs for four or five years now. He likes his steak well done at a Trump restaurant. There was a Trump culture, but it was etched in stone, and it wasn't curious, and it was retrograde. And when you compare that to the Obama White House, there was a certain cultural curiosity. They wanted to check out new restaurants and new shows. They want to do new stuff and find new voices. And I think that's what felt like was missing under Trump, that curiosity and finding something new. So to see Joe Biden bring in this 22-year-old new poet who we've never heard of before and to watch her blow our socks off, that seems to me to represent a return to a certain cultural curiosity that just wasn't there under the Trump White House. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back to talk about what we have to look forward to over the next four years. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. I'm Eve Rodsky, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fair Play, and Find Your Unicorn Space activist on the gender division of labor, attorney, and family mediator. And I'm Dr. Aditi Narukar, a Harvard physician and medical correspondent with an expertise in the science of stress, resilience, mental health, and burnout. We're so excited to share our podcast, Time Out, a production of iHeart Podcasts and Hello Sunshine. We're uncovering why society makes it so hard for women to treat their time with the value it deserves. So take this time out with us. Listen to Time Out, a Fair Play podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For my small bookstore to thrive, I can't just sell books. So I created a radio ad at iHeartAdBuilder.com to tell everyone about our author events, our story hours for kids, and our amazing lattes. Now we're busier than ever. I'd call that 
a success story. A custom radio ad from iHeart Ad Builder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com. Welcome back. We're talking with NPR Sam Sanders about not just today's inauguration ceremony, but something we're looking forward to over the next four years, the return of culture to the White House. So Sam, I want to talk about something that we're not getting this year with the toned down COVID celebrations. It's the inaugural ball. But I want to bring up a moment from President Obama's ball in 2008. So let's take a listen. Wow. That feels like 20 years ago. Isn't that so weird? I mean, it's crazy for people not in the know that was Beyonce performing at last. (laughs) Sam, where were you the first time you heard that performance or saw that performance? Um, And what was your experience like as a Beyonce stan? So I, that was the 08 inauguration, right? Mm -hmm. I actually came down to the inauguration in 08. I was a graduate student at the Kennedy School and through friends of a friend, I got some tickets and I was like way in the back outside freezing my butt off. And then I actually managed to snag a ticket to one of the inauguration balls. People don't realize there's actually like 10 balls and various factions and, and like a delegations host them. I got to go to the Southern ball, which was like the last one. And by the time the Obamas got there, they were tired. They danced for two minutes and then left. So I didn't see Beyonce until the next day. And I had to wait so long at the Southern ball that I, uh, some lady next to me passed out waiting for Obama. <laughs> yeah. And so, I don't know, just hearing that Beyonce tape right there reminds me how, how much better all this stuff actually looks like on TV. Mm-hmm. When you go to the actual <laughs> balls, they're cattle calls. You are just in a big old warehouse waiting to see the president for literally two minutes. But it was interesting to hear you harken back to that moment where there was like an actual relevant pop star performing for a new president. And that was a kind of return that I felt uh, today with JLo and with Gaga. But I think what was distinctly different when you compare like Beyonce 12 years ago now to Gaga and JLo today at the inauguration, the content today felt pretty queer, if I'm yeah. speaking forthrightly, yeah. Zach. Yeah. Like it was camp and Gaga's always camp, but it was also just like, queer content again from DC mm-hmm. and it felt like, I don't know, maybe the gays are back or at we, least they're planning the events. We have returned. I mean, I think some, an underlying current of so much that was happening for me, and I don't know if Casey, you felt the same, but, but it was just joy, like joy, unabashed joy in the face of so much terribleness. And I think that's what queerness is. Queerness is saying, I'm going to show up and show out, even though you're saying I shouldn't. And what people, I think, I think what we all know what happened in the past few weeks is that not only did a ton of people do an insurrection in the White House, but 70 million people did vote for Trump. And a lot of those people did agree with that Capitol uh, attack. So to have Gaga looking like, what what was that movie, Sam? Hunger Games? Hunger Games? <laughs> yes. <laughs> looking like that gold bird wanted to eat her face. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so like, having her do that was kind of, it was queer in its power. Like it was like, I'm going to show up and show out no matter the fact that we are all at home holding our breath thinking someone's going to get hurt today because we saw people get hurt a few weeks yeah. ago. 
Well, there was an unbridled positivity in both of those performances. I'm not going to speak to the quality of the J-Lo vocals, but they were performing happiness and joy in spite of the last year of like awful. And when you think back to Trump's inauguration four years ago, it wasn't joy. He That's when he gave his now iconic, I guess, speech about American carnage. The tone has just shifted so drastically. Mm. So looking ahead to moments beyond today, Given how reviled Trump was by pretty much the entire artistic community at large, I think a lot of people are looking forward to seeing a president who embraces a big cultural moment. Something that comes to mind for me is the Hamilton performance. You know, it's important to see the president honoring really culturally significant works, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. And I've been thinking a lot about Hamilton in light of this new White House coming to power because more than most things, Hamilton came to really define and, and, and encapsulate the Obama years. And the same kind of multiculturalism and unabashed optimism that many felt watching Obama as president was also felt in Hamilton. And so the art kind of imitated and, 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 and mirrored the White House during those years. Uh, I don't think we're going to see the same kind of cultural creation under Joe Biden. I think that shiny, bright optimism has just been dimmed by the events of the last few years. And I expect that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will, you know, form and forge strong relationships with the arts. But I'm curious to see the tone of the art that is made under them. I think it is going to be positive, but I don't think it is going to be as exuberant and blindly hopeful as something <laughs> like Hamilton was so many years ago. I don't think the Hamiltons of the world and that kind of art works for this cultural moment. We're in a, even if we don't want to be, we're in a darker place. Yeah. yeah. yeah you know, and we're not blinded anymore. So it's just like, yeah, yes. the, the, it won't, it won't look like that. It won't sound like that. So yeah, totally. We touched on this a little bit, but it's not just about bringing culture into the White House, but a White House that engages in going out into the city that houses it. Because you had talked about, you know, there wasn't a lot of newness when it came to Trump. You know, one thing Donald Trump didn't do a lot of was going to local restaurants in D.C. Yeah. While Obama and many presidents before him dined throughout the city. Do we think once the pandemic is over and it's safe to eat indoors, that kind of engagement will return to of course. I mean, when you think about Joe Biden, he is a politician's politician. He loves to hug the babies. Mm -hmm. He loves to be out there with the crowd and shake all the hands. He thrives on that. You know, Trump was uh, a really big germaphobe and didn't like to touch too many people on any given day. <laughs> and Joe Biden wants nothing more than to be in a crowd saying hi. So I think he'll totally be back in those restaurants as soon as he can. And it's important to really point out that D.C. is a food city. I've lived there for yeah. many years, and it's one of the best restaurant towns in the country. And as the entire country tries to recover from this pandemic recession, the city of D.C. itself will just actually be relying on that ambassadorship from Biden and Kamala just to rebuild their economy when it comes to the yeah. food service industry. It's needed. Yeah. You know, it's actually needed. And it's a reminder that the cultural work that our leaders do, it has impact and it means dollars and it means power. And so it's not just, you know, Gaga, J-Lo, Hamilton going to a restaurant. Everything a president does affects the economy in the state of our country. These things matter. 
um, and something that comes to mind with this, uh, you know, conversation around restaurants and going out is that the big context here is that the Obamas went on dates. That was their date nights that they went out and about. And we loved participating in their love. And I <laughs> yes. don't think people really wanted to participate in the Trump love because they didn't even want to participate in that. They had separate <laughs> so, bedrooms in the White yeah, House. Yeah. Exactly. They weren't even sleeping together. Yeah. So I do think like Dr. Biden and President Biden do openly love on each other in public. And yes. I think that will be part of this conversation. Yeah. Well, and I also love that there are a lot of adult children in mm. the Biden and Harris clans, and they're going to be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ella Imhoff today was just dressed to the nines, serving face to the cameras. Yes. And I'm like, I want to see what you do for the next few years, because that's mm-hmm. interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And that kind of vitality is going to be fun to watch, I think. It is. And then and then Mina, she's figured out TikTok. So it's just, you know, yes. we are, we're going to see them. We're going to hear what they have to say. And I'm ready. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, what's so interesting about Donald Trump is that he has been a mainstay of pop culture for decades. You know, his show was huge. Uh, the Apprentice, he was in Home Alone 2. He pops up in and out of pop culture for decades. But in the White House, he was not able to harness it in the ways that we saw with President Obama. So why do you think that is? Why do you think culture was not willing to rise to meet him in the ways that maybe he wanted? Was it because he made it too much about himself? Like, what are your thoughts there? I think it's because he didn't want the job. I mean, everyone has read the reports that the night that Trump won the election, even he was surprised and shocked. And he really wasn't running to become president. He was running to kind of give a boost to his public profile. And so the difference between watching Obama in the White House and watching Trump in the White House is that it always seemed like Obama really, really wanted to do it. And with Trump, it never, ever seemed like he was even having fun. Whenever he had to do anything that required him to be a president, he seemed to not like those activities. And people feel that. And it's hard to accept someone into the popular culture and and, 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 and marvel at what they're doing when it looks like they hate what they're doing. And I think what people are looking for in any president of either party is a happy warrior and that makes it a lot easier for them to be a part of the cultural fabric. But if you look like you don't even want to be there, yeah, we're not going <laughs> to. <it's, laughs> yeah. It won't be the same. It's I like, mean, well, we don't want to be there either. So, yeah. bye. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he quite literally yeah. didn't want to be at the inauguration today. Like, he quite, he just yeah. doesn't want to be anywhere ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, would Donald Trump have been happier, I don't know, as a cable news host the last four years? Maybe I'm stepping over my bounds saying that, but think about that. (laughs) It's a thought exercise. I mean, it also may be his future. I mean, but that's for another episode, the future of Donald Trump. I don't want to think about that today. Not today. (laughs) 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 Okay, so Sam, finally, it's not necessarily culture, but having dogs slash pets back in the White House, that's got to feel good, right? Yeah. Well, and it's a rescue dog. Uh The first rescue dog, right? First rescue. And Mm -hmm. I just am. And as a proud owner of a rescue dog, Hey Zora, I got to say, I'm so happy to see rescue dogs having their moment. You know, throughout this pandemic year, we saw shelters across Mm. the country run out of cats and dogs. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, You know, I am an adopt, don't shop queen. And I think (laughs) dogs make everything better. And I really hope that seeing that Biden dog in the White House inspires a lot more people to adopt a pet themselves. I'm being very earnest right here, but dogs are great. I love it. I love that. Today's an earnest (laughs) day. It it can't be. And and Sam, you're very good at crowdsourcing the dog photos on your Twitter. I think (laughs) you do call outs for people to send you dog photos. Oh, yeah. It just brings joy. It brings joy every time. All the time.
All right. Well, Sam, thank you so much for being with us on such a historic day. And we look forward to uh, looking at culture together over the next few years. I love it. Sounds good. Thank y'all for having me. All right. That's it for today. Remember to join us tomorrow. And remember, we did it, Joe. We did it. (laughs) (laughs) It never gets old. (laughs) It truly doesn't. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed coming to you daily. Socks are the number one most requested item at homeless shelters. Underwear second and shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first, made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear and shirts too, all designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas, comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com slash comfy. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Being a real estate agent isn't about listing houses. It's about connecting to people. I need to find new buyers every day. So I promote my listings using radio commercials from iHeartAdBuilder.com. Now every time I have an open house, it's a full house. A custom radio ad from iHeartAdBuilder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com.